0: I'm Peter bonham McNiss and he is Chris Lane, and welcome to another of these regular property briefings. And a warm welcome to you, Chris. Well, once again, it's uh, good to be here with you. After our readers have shortlisted two or more suitable properties, how should they set about a more detailed analysis? When it comes to an in-depth analysis for commercial properties, it's obviously far more complicated than just having a simple rating system. And that's because you actually need a sophisticated piece of software of which there are a number out there in the marketplace. But you tend to find that most of them seem to be overly complicated and not very user-friendly, Plus, they also tend to generate endless pages of output data. So, whatever software you choose to adopt, can you explain which items you are looking to include to arrive at a meaningful outcome? Well, there are actually about 20 separate items involved, so perhaps let's run through these items quickly. Obviously, you have the purchase price which it comes with stamp duty and acquisition costs like legals and due diligence, all of which need to be included. You also need to choose your loan-to-value ratio, your LVR, and include any costs associated with the mortgage, plus your appropriate tax level, which may vary depending on whether you purchase it as an individual or a company or a unit trust or perhaps your super fund. And you need to also take into account the passing rental, the rent reviews, any unrecouped outgoings from the tenant, ongoing management fees and depreciation. Plus, you have to decide on a holding period and then you estimate the selling yield down the track, which I'll come back to you in a moment. And finally you need to allow for the selling costs at that time and also the capital gains tax where you need to include things like your initial cost base. So without going into the intricacies of the specific software, what's important is that you undertake your calculations within a fixed time frame and I generally tend to view that as being four years. Why did you decide on only four years? That would seem to be a rather short time frame for analysis. A lot of software packages like to stretch their calculations over an eight to ten year period. However, there are a couple of problems in doing this. Firstly, you can't make accurate estimates that far out. But more importantly, It spreads your acquisition costs, your stamp duty, legal fees, etc. and your selling costs, the commission, advertising and, and legals, over a much longer period. And that tends to distort reality and make everything look unrealistically attractive. I suggest you instead stick to four years, because if the property doesn't make sense over four years then you are simply kidding yourself to view it over 10 years in the hope of making a reasonable return. As such, my yardstick is a an after-tax return of 10% per annum or better on the equity that you invest taken over a four-year period. Otherwise, you simply don't proceed with that property. You know, many investors might say, but I'm buying this for the long haul. How do you respond to them? My reason for four years, and there's no magic in this, other than over that period, many investors will have a change of circumstances. They'll get married, divorced, posted interstate or overseas, even have kids. So somehow there will often be this change of personal circumstances and therefore Whether you plan to or not, it's a good idea to have a mandatory four-year review, and that's why I settle on that time frame for these software calculations. Now, you may well continue to hold the property longer term, and that's fine, but you need to know going into the deal that if, for whatever reason, you find yourself having to sell the property in four years' time, it's still going to be a good deal and make economic sense. And over the longer term, it makes it a very good deal going forward. Now, to help with this, I've developed my own, what I call final judgment software, which is made available to everyone in my mentor group. And by using this software, you can calculate what, in technical terms, is called the internal rate of return. In other words, what annual return Will the projected after tax cash flow represent as an annual percentage on the equity that you invest into the property? Now, being after tax is important because that takes account of your relative tax position, and if you have negative gearing, that's taken into account as well. And therefore, if you're getting a 10% or better return after tax, that represents anywhere between 14% to 18% per annum pre-tax, depending on your tax level. And I wouldn't have thought that was too shabby. What does that really mean? Well, aiming for an after-tax return of 10% is a baseline, and anything less than that, you shouldn't be pursuing the property. But the beauty with this is its simplicity. You see, distilling your comparison down to a single figure being the internal rate of return of 10% or better. That means that you're able to compare a property worth $500,000 with another one that might cost $5 million. And you will not have to worry about the disparity of size or any other factors and be concerned they're going to unduly influence your decision. You see, if the cold, hard figures are there and they add up, then this provides you a firm basis upon which to proceed. And there's one more thing. Residential properties tend to carry with them a degree of emotion, but with commercial property investing, like offices and warehouses and shops, and that's my preferred order, it should be a purely financial decision. No emotion involved whatsoever. So if it adds up financially, You might still have a preference by virtue of how the property looks or where it's located and that will ultimately decide which one on on your analysis list will you prefer. But initially, you should make your financial decisions and assessments for all your properties based on the cold hard facts and that keeps them on the short list. How do you go about gathering all the information you'll need? Well, whether it's the initial vetting or the more sophisticated analysis, you'll find most of the information will be supplied by the selling agents. They will produce what's called an information memorandum, which gives you an initial summary and goes into the details for the leases, the rent, the reviews, and all those sort of aspects. Now, it should also provide you with any outgoings to be picked up by you instead of the tenant as the landlord, plus all the various items and conditions related to the sale itself. Now, you can also obtain a copy of the vendor statement which will contain even more comprehensive details. But most of the information is fairly readily available. It's just a matter of quickly and systematically collating that and once you have done this a few times you will understand where to look and how to obtain the necessary details. Plus, if it's not readily available what questions you should be asking and of whom. In any event, your first port of call should be the selling agents for obtaining that sort of information. Any final suggestions? Well, assuming you proceed with the purchase of the property, you still need to undertake the mandatory review I mentioned earlier. And at that point, you need to make a conscious decision to continue owning the property. In other words, if you can't convince yourself that the property should remain in your portfolio, then it needs to be sold. And there's no value in simply being an accumulator of properties. Instead, your aim is to become a savvy investor who owns a performing portfolio of properties. Well, I found that extremely helpful, as I'm sure our listeners did too. Well, your analysis should be simple but structured, and the whole process needs to be easy to implement while at the same time producing a realistic result. That certainly makes sense. Thank you.